I'll do the I'll do the voice. He's like, I'm a talking buddy. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and ignoring anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if that's a show that we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Unhappily Ever After. Unhappily Ever After went 100 episodes over five seasons on the WB. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing January 11th, 1995. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the guys... Gordo, Ferg, Nick, and Joe. What's going on, everybody? Hello. Hello. Just think, this is the middle of my life. The end should be really good. <laughs> and I've um, never felt more connected to a sentence of sadness. Oh, that, that one's, sentence. yeah, for sure yeah. really resonated. Before uh, we get any further, I do want to remind everyone, S1E1Pod.com, guys. That's where you can go to find all the links to our social medias and where to listen to us. S1E1Pod.com. Please give us a follow, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. We appreciate it. All right, so unhappily ever after, has everyone watched this show up until the recording? Is people or yes. do you guys remember it? Listen, yes, this is like you know when you have a dream you kind of can't remember. This yeah. is this show for me because I swear mm-hmm. I saw this show. I I knew the name, I remembered it, and then I watched it. And I was like, I've never seen a second of this show in my life. You probably mixed it up with Grounded for Life. I was just that's what say I that. did. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. maybe I thought I saw this show. I never saw it though. I have never seen the show because I would have remembered seeing um, uh, what's his name, uh, Eric from uh, Entourage in it, <laughs> um, and a few other people too. So yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this show. Nick, so. I remember a lot of nights in your basement getting so drunk that nobody could fucking move. I imagine that one time you just passed out on a stuffed animal from when you were a child, and a <laughs> Married with Children episode played in the background, and you just assumed that you had seen all. Yeah, of this. I mean, I was doing some research about this show. And, like, the executives referred to this show as divorced with children. Yep. Like, they put it up there to, like, it was another network's version of Married with oh, Children. Oh, it's like, so that painfully was like, clear they pulled it was like from the that. idea of it. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously it has those tones, but I didn't understand that that was the point of the show was to compete with it. So I, I remember the show. Like, I've, I know I've seen a lot of episodes back in the day. I don't remember it having anything to do with them getting divorced. I remember them being together. And it does I change. Yeah. The pilot's a different thing because I watched it too. Because all those scenes with the rabbit on uh, later episodes are all in the basement, right? It's not in another apartment. He moves right, back so, in, so I'm I not think. crazy? All right. It's the end of this season. He moves back <laughs> That's a load in. off. He has the apartment the first season. So, like, yeah. So, this show is actually one that I don't want to say I'm pretty familiar with and that, like, I remember anything because, you know, this came out in early 95. When this came out, I hadn't even had my ninth birthday yet. So I, I don't want to pretend that it's vivid in my brain, but I did watch it when it came out, and I remember watching it. The show was pretty popular in its run. I mean, this was on until we were at least like 16 or 17, though. If, if not just like, I mean... Um, not quite reruns. that far, though. It only five seasons. Syndication, though. And syndication. Yeah, yeah, it did have... Because it, 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 went, it went 100 episodes, which is that minimum benchmark to be able to get syndicated, I believe, if you hit the 100... Episode it used mark? to be. It's different now, but that used to be the mark. Yeah, hit a hundred yeah. so you can syndicate. So well in that time, in, in the nineties, then that's what they needed. 
not to peel back the curtain, but as somebody who listens to a lot of podcasts, you always hear of the like the lost episode of the podcast where it's like you interviewed somebody, it didn't work, or like you recorded it and it messed up. Pete uh, and Pete. <coughs> I was gonna say Jeff Pearson, who's the dad on this episode, is in Pete and Pete, which is our so far a year into this, that is our lost episode, Pete and Pete. Yeah. We we attempted to do a Pete and Pete show and we might revisit that down the line, but um it was the worst podcast in the world. <laughs> so let it be known if uh, if you ever listen to us and think that this isn't completely your cup of tea or that we're unprofessional, you should have heard how bad we were that day, <laughs> and um, we yeah. deem that unlistenable. Yeah, yeah, we literally rage quit doing it that night. We gave it the honest college try, but it wasn't good. We talked. We talked for forty five minutes, and we didn't get through the first two minutes of the monster show. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Nick the wrong watched episode. the wrong episode. And apparently uh, the thoughts of, hey, maybe I don't need notes for every episode. Maybe I could just wing it was a terrible idea. <laughs> that went, Yeah, I think uh, we all we all figured that one out earlier than you did. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I was just I just wanted to make it work. I want to do anything to make it work at that point. But maybe we'll Patreon that one. one yeah. day. All right. So let's get into this episode, though. Can I delete and the actually, notes? There's all the notes on my computer. Can I delete those? Randy, those ever again? I mean, I kept mine, but. You write all your notes down in hand usually, so like just save the piece of paper. Yeah, what's what's deleting them? Throwing them into a fucking fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cold in Maine, Delete. so well, I but actually keep notes on my computer. I can do both. Before um before we go forward, actually, one last thing, uh, Gordo, you were the one who picked the show, if I remember right. Is there any particular reason that you wanted to go with this one? No, not really. Um, I like when- the bunny. Uh, pretty much i was actually i, I was i actually thought it, i i remembered this show and whenever we pick shows i don't watch a lot of sitcoms so outside of like the popular sitcoms and then the last and then to peel back the curtain even more i did suggest a sitcom and then it got voted and denied um so yeah. this this one i just felt like I first got it confused with Greg the Bunny, starring uh, Seth. Holy shit. Um, oh, Seth Green, right? Yeah. So I, I first that. thought that, and I was like, and I watched the, the beginning trailer of it, and I was like, that's not it. And then I, I, it was unhappily ever after. So no reason other than nostalgia, and this is a show that I think people will have the member berries about. So what I thought was interesting about this show is it starts right off the bat with the intro, which a lot of shows don't do. Like even, I mean, some mm. do, but like in a little bit more in the nineties, but the second it starts, you're right in the intro. No little, um, cold open starting scene, anything. You go right into the intro. I like it. Give me a song. And also if you're me a song, give me a Oh, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no Which more, I, no more. I guess more. the elephant in the room, right, is that the creator of this show, Ron Levitt, is also the co-creator of Marabeth Children. And this show seems like the weird, it's like a left and right hand of Marabeth Children. Yeah, I mean, I that was the Marabeth idea. Children they poached Sinatra, him. And this one having Ray Charles <laughs> yeah. has to be a purposeful thing, right? Like, it's a real left and right of what was happening at the time musically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if we're going to compare to Married with Children, where they used Love and Marriage by Frank Sinatra, and then you're going with another, like, classic song, but in the 90s. um, Yeah, and, and to talk about the intro itself, it's mainly just clip. Well, it starts with what looks like the couple, who's uh, Jack and Jenny, posing in their wedding photo. 
So they're smiling, and then after about a second, the smiles turn into like these like frowns. And there's like a little visual effect of the the video but picture splitting in half, and that's when we cut into just assorted clips of the show. And other than the fact that it's all clips of the show, the only things that's filmed or specifically for the intro is the bunny with sunglasses singing Ray Charles parts to hit the road jack. <laughs> yeah. Which, smoking a cigarette. Immediately. I watched a little bit of this when it was on, but like I mean hindsight's twenty twenty or knowing is an interesting thing, but like that's Bobcat Goldthwaite as a bunny lip syncing Ray Charles and I can't not love it. No, that's a puppeteer fucking doing it. He's yeah, not a- Bobcat's probably doing very little in that part, but yes. Fuck you, Ferk. But um, in any event, to, to talk about it, though, for right there, and, you know, go into it with fresh eyes have, and assume you don't remember anything about the show. If you were to watch this intro for the first time and you just see a stuffed bunny singing along the whole time, and it's like, what would you think of that? Would you think that would even play into the show or it's just a weird thing that they filmed? I would think whatever this show is was mashed with Alf at some point, and yeah, um, yeah. that's what they were trying to go for. But even with a talking stuffed animal, it resonates way more with Married with Children, anyways. So, now, do you remember the block this was on? Because I know we talked about Nick Free and a licensed teacher before, but this is another you talked about. The... <laughs> oh, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is another classic, like the WB show, show, right? Like this was after the Wayans Brothers. And after um, Parenthood, remember Parenthood, the Robert Townsend show? Yep. It was in that block of TV shows. Um, so, like, I think we were probably mostly all watching those shows, right? Like, I, I remember less of this show, considering how much I remember watching that block of TV and, like, that era of the WB. You had to do it twice. I can't not do it. It's like a tick. Like I can't not. I feel like a lot of WB shows in general, just because of what happened with the network and how they kind of went under, a lot of their properties haven't seemed to live on. Like a lot of shows didn't seem to get sold elsewhere. You don't see them on a lot of streaming services, but because they had a lot of big, unique properties that they had to their network, that I can't really think of a lot of them that have survived past the closing of that network. Well, th- that was because from what I read, that was the point. So dub- the WB ceased as a network like it, six they years. They merged with UPN, right? Right. And but they became, as, as, like, a a whole, CW? as a whole, they both died in 05 or 06. And like, so this was towards the end of their lifespan. And I think this was the, the idea was to try to rejuvenate the network with this show specifically. And it just didn't work. I think it was on its last legs at that point. Yeah, it's probably the end of it, right? Its I mean, last like... frog's legs. Oh. Hello, Kermie. my baby. <laughs> oh, Kermie. <laughs> now, was, now, are any of these shows streaming anywhere? Who owns the- Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I can't yeah, think of... I'm sure if I was to look least. at a list of every it's, WB it's original weird, show, though. there might be a few that pop up on like one thing or another if they got sold, depending on who owned them. But it looks the like internet. a lot of their... The yeah, a lot of their properties haven't gone on Hulu, but it is not Hulu. <laughs> but does Warner doesn't Warner Brothers proper doesn't have a streaming platform, right? Not that I know of. Most mm-hmm. Warner Brothers stuff is on HBO, HBO Max, right? Yeah, because like the cartoons are on, like the Looney Tunes and stuff are on HBO. So you think all that's the DC where this stuff, everything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it's weird. I'm trying to think. Like, um, I'm trying to think of big UPN shows or WB shows. Wasn't rather. Sister Sister a big UPN show? No, that was um, 
it made by Disney. Those really? Are, okay. I forget those. Hard Moesha, right? Wasn't Moesha a big Moesha WB was, show? That show was gigantic for a while. What about Hanging with Mr. Cooper? That was No, that was ABC. Four. That was ABC. Okay. What was the LL Cool J show, Man of the House? I think that's what it was called. I think. Or is it yeah. In the House? Maybe Might In be. the House? Well, he was an ex-football player. I want to do that show eventually, by the way. Steve yeah, Harvey was, like the was on the WB. Lambo, yeah, right? Steve and Harvey. It was, it was basically, um, who's the boss? Reba? Instead of being... <laughs> Reba was uh, maybe we'll get to Reba. Soon. Oh, we'll get to Reba. Soon. Sabrina. No, Sabrina. Okay. Got it right here. Sabrina's WB. I might have got I sold over at some point. But we won't. We won't get into the whole history yeah, of the that's WB a long conversation. Maybe one day we'll do a bonus episode, the history of WB programming. But uh, yeah. So let's get right back into this one. And um, so it starts off with a couple. It looks like, and they're inside of this house, walking to the door. And they're talking about how there's no reason why two people can't remain civil after a divorce. And he says, you know, it would be hard with a girl as terrific as you. And gives her a kiss and walks out. And as soon as that happens, um, the son walks down the steps like a teenage boy. And he asks his mom what she's doing. And she tells him that she's saying goodbye to the lawyer. So, like, oh, okay, that's not her husband. But you can, uh, you can tell by the situation and from the intro itself that... There's a divorce going on. She's howling. This, this joke is so prevalent. I feel like if you were to ask our generation when we were like 12 years old, who is the person who has the most sex in the world? It would be divorce lawyer. It's like all these sitcoms are like Fletch the movie. It's always like, oh, and then I slept with my divorce lawyer and got a better deal to screw my husband. Like, it's such a, a joke that keeps happening over and over and over again. Yeah. But I've never really seen it happen in real life. Anybody who's divorced is always just like, God! Yeah. On both sides. <laughs> because they like, don't hire like, a, a handsome well and actors. I got laid a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Because Divorce they attorneys calling... are just like these fat old guys in real yeah, life. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> And uh, hey, I'm, I'm Joe Flenderman. I've come to fear for your divorce. <laughs> Flenderman is the best lawyer name ever. Uh, Not to be confused with Chad show. Flenderman. <laughs> and I wanted to mention that his Ryan, the son, is eating cereal straight from the box and washing it just down with like glass bottles of Coke. I don't think it was Coke. I think it was a knockoff, but it was glass bottles. So we'll call Soda it Coke. pop. I've done that. Really? Soda yeah. to wash down cereal? Yeah. Are you surprised that he's done that? No, it's yeah, a very Ferg move. Yeah. I will say though, I don't I like soda. I mean I like soda, but I like cereal, but I don't like milk really. So like if I eat cereal now, I buy it and I eat it out of the box like a box of crackers. Like I I can't eat a box. I've done cereal. both. And cereal is one of those things where so I, I've I've noticed I've become more lactose intolerant in my older age and it's a bowl of cereal really fucks with me. But it's one of those things where I'll take the hit on it. Like, I will understand what's going to happen to me the next day as long as I can have a really nice bowl of cereal. Yeah, they belong together to me. What's your favorite cereal? It's uh, like, I'm going to be on the toilet anyway. Let's make it a big one. Um, (laughs) My favorite cereal is probably Fruity Pebbles. Me too, brother. Yeah, it's so good. What about you guys? Captain Crunch, man. Gordo uh, number two. <laughs> Jay's is Crispix, which is the fucking weirdest <laughs> no. thing in the world. Yeah. It's like yeah, uh, he's a basic it's bitch. like the Dollar Tree of cereals. And Jay's. Guys, loves Crispix it. is a perfect blend of both uh corn 
<laughs> and cardboard. And yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. Um, once I became an old Cinnamon man, Toast Crunch I got me. really into Cinnamon like, Toast Crunch. bunches of oats. <laughs> that, that's my old man's. Uh, yeah. Um, Crispex is what? It's like corn on one side, rice on the other. And it's basically yeah. like a Chex knockoff. But you know what my runner up though is? It's Crispex? the special. No, the special K with strawberries is mm. so fucking good. I was just going to bring that up. When I was really sick and we couldn't figure out what was wrong with me before the doctors figured out that I, my stomach sucked, they were just like, try this, whatever. And I went on like a three week only eat special K thing, which was very <laughs> much of the time, was like 2010 or whatever. They were like, just eat nothing but special K, which I'm sure I didn't help but being like, Plus whiskey. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. That no definitely didn't make my stomach yeah. any better. You're like, well, like, I don't like milk, so what else am I going to put in there? Yeah. Soda. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was basically that scene in Revenge of the Nerds where they're just pouring beer. Oh, the beer the and the cereal. I was like pouring whiskey into the little Burial. dehydrated strawberry special K bowls. And uh, it didn't help. But uh, I enjoyed it all the same. Frosted um, yeah, Flakes pretty is pretty good, too. Yeah, I'm oh, just, I love a good frosted flake. I, I don't I've never from when I was a kid, I've never liked yeah. sweet cereal. So you also like, like Moxie too. So Moxie's great you know, as well. No, that tastes Moxie. like motor oil. So yeah, if, if I was Ryan, instead of <laughs> having whatever cereal soda combo he had, yeah, I would be eating Crispex and washing that down with Moxie. That would be my equivalent. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> anyway, back to Jay's failed restaurant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moxie, come and get it. But um in any event, yeah. Trough. I do want to mention the two actors. Uh, Jenny's played by Stephanie Hodge. Do you guys know her from anything prior to this? Negative. Not, Not really. that I can. I can't think of anything. Big Top, off the top Peewee, of my head. baby. Oh wow! I haven't seen Big Top Peewee in a very long time. To be fair, to be fair, it's the uh, lesser Peewee movie. It's yeah. the it's it's not even the lesser Peewee movie. It's like almost not even a Peewee movie. Like there's Peewee's Big Adventure and there's Peewee's Playhouse and then there's oh I guess there's that Peewee's movie. Whatever. Like, the one where the whole premise of the movie is he needs to go to New York to go to Joe Maganello's birthday party. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that stupid movie. Oh, okay, never mind. Pee-, Pee Wee's Big Top is not as bad anymore. <laughs> and then uh, I mean, Kevin. He does tequila on the fucking tightrope. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I if you, that was if you big think adventure. that's great, you would love the wrestler Danhausen because he also does the Pee Wee dance to tequila. It's true. He doesn't do it on a friggin' tightrope, so. He could. Dan just for you. But uh, very Fergie, very evil. But yeah, uh, and Ryan is played by Kevin Conley, who Nick you mentioned earlier. A lot of people would know as being E on Entourage. He's mainly known as a director and a lot of behind the scenes stuff. If I'm correct, I think that's kind of where he likes to focus his energy. But he's also aged my very well. Thirty for thirty, and there's fun a million sto- of them. But he directed the fun best one. Story I think. about him is I always thought he was Sean Astin. Uh, I've I, I was just going to say that like. 15 years ago, I thought he was Sean Astin. Like but, Rudy? Uh, yeah. 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 I can see that. I can see them being, like, related. They're just, like, he's, uh, Irish dudes, right? He's also <laughs> an Angus, which I feel like is a movie people forget about. Yes! It's a fucking great movie. <laughs> That's a movie about um, uh, Steak Factory, right? Yes. Starring James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. But also, if anybody hasn't seen it, his 30 for 30, I think, is the most interesting one they ever made. James Vanderbeek? Yeah, he's gonna be a key to the Sign me up. The Dawson. <laughs> Fucking shit. We watch Angus later. And uh, right after that little exchange between the two, we have Ryan's sister, Tiffany, walk down the stairs, uh, which gets, yeah, it gets a very long howl and whistle like pause from the audience. As it should. She's a smoke. 
she is, but also she's a teenager. She's playing a teenager. I don't know. I didn't look no, up how she old was she age actually is. She probably was. She was a big. She was in high nineties, and then she no, she disappeared. Yeah, she when this show deal. came out, she was like the breakout star. And it's yeah. funny because, you know, we've talked about married with children, but she is very much supposed to be Kelly Bundy turned up to 100. Like, and that's she comes what yeah. down the stairs like Kelly Bundy, too. Like, it's very, there's a lot of parallels. The little she's stop a, she's for the a, She's for a the Kelly Bundy that gets it, though. She's a little more intelligent where uh, Kelly Bundy's just a whore. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. That, he's not no, wrong. No, that's her character. He's not yeah. wrong. Yeah. Just, just yeah. like pronunciation. No, like, I mean, even oh, when right. we get to the, even when we get to the, to the scene where yeah, she I feel bad about my that. whistle. She was 17 in that. Damn. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, she, but when you first saw her, you we were younger. When, right. Uh, I mean, <laughs> first of all, first crush on the record right here. Whistle. First crush, <laughs> Nikki Cox. First really? crush, Nikki Cox. Yeah. So you guys, love it, you guys can get it out of your way. Two years into this show, um, Kevin Connolly was in a movie called Sub Down, which is um, some cheesy, you know, military drama. But in the beginning of it, Kevin Connolly gives his girlfriend a kiss goodbye, and it's played. Who's played by Nikki Cox? So you can They're get dating. your in uh. real life. <laughs> They dated in step bro. They broke up. Then she got engaged to Bobcat Goldthwait. What? Why? Then they yes, broke up. I and remember then she married that. Jay Moore, and then they got divorced. <sighs> she is a very interesting uh, comedic boyfriend past. Did she ever date so. Jeff Pearson? Did he? <laughs> I don't think Jeff Pearson got any of it. But I remember it being a big news story at the time when she was married. Oh, she was engaged to Bobcat. Like when we were kids. How yeah. much older kids, was but... Bobcat than her? I think 15 or 16 years. I was going to say, if she was 17 when the show first came out, he was he She was older than 18. Already. It wasn't right away, because she dated yeah. uh, What's-His-Face for a few years. But again, I say it all the time, it's better to be funny than anything else. Funny, Yeah, funny but he's Bobcat Goldblade, and he's not funny. <laughs> okay, I disagree <laughs> with that wholeheartedly. We'll get into that a little bit more as we meet his character. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, so, and we said, <laughs> Tiffany is Nikki Cox, who... This was definitely like a, she was the breakout star. I think of this. Um, she even got a like not a what? spinoff show, but she got her own show later down the road called Nikki. Likely on the CW. <laughs> so yeah, so when she gets to the bottom of the stairs, she tells her brother uh, to turn around, and as soon as he does, she throws a cup of water at his ass and tells him that that's how she feels whenever someone leaves the toilet seat up and she falls in. And he took that in stride. I would have been super mad. <laughs> I know, right? He yeah. kind of just got it. I mean, like, to be fair, I mean, like, that's kind of like a shitty move, right? Well, here's the thing. That's always been a forever thing. Like, I don't know if it's just a TV trope or what, but the whole leaving the seat up thing, do people blindly sit on the toilet without looking? I've done that before. I think it's by habit. I think I mean, I've think done it. Down. I don't know. I'm just, I've always been conditioned to just I think, look. You know, first thing you do in the morning, you get up and you pee, right? So I'm thinking maybe... Yeah, you're still groggy. Too. You're groggy. He's come in, sit down. Do like people flat, sit on like, the toilet bowl with the seat completely closed sometimes too? <laughs> just sit on. <laughs> I imagine on it that must seat. happen. I'm sure it has happened, but I don't know. I always thought that was a weird on the thing. Lid before actually, I think that's happened. Yeah, but I think this is like a family slash roommates thing. Everyone has different standards of what they do. You know what I mean? Like right. if you live alone, I think it's not an issue. And then you get used to how you live with somebody else. It doesn't happen that often. But I fucked up before. I left the seat up and got in trouble for it. I like. I get it. On South Park, that's what killed Clyde's mom. 
and uh, <laughs> we we get the mom tell the two. Uh, she like grabs them both because they're about to fight, and she says, "You know the rules. Shut up until you go to sleep." And I was like, "That line it seemed a little forced. There was a lot of kind of forced one-linery things that happened in the show." That's like a Peggy Bundy line, but with like worse timing. Yeah, I was like, the context yeah. wasn't quite there for it. Um, it seemed like there was a lot of lines that they wrote, and they just wanted to get them in the episode at times, and they just didn't always like sink in a conversation properly. It feels like they wrote a rhythm for this show, and I like this show. I'm not shitting on it, but it feels like the rhythm of this show was the audience going, ha ha ha, ooh. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. That's what they're writing to. Like, they were just like, that's the rhythm we want. So we're going to write or like just give you an audio track of that laughter and write to that. From that, we get the doorbell ringing, and that's going to be their father, Jack, uh, played by Jeff Pearson, who we talked about. And um, I guess before we even open the door and reveal him, though, since I mentioned his name already, Jeff Pearson, do we know him from a lot of acting credits before? I know him as this first. But Dexter, Grace yeah. Under Fire. Grace Under Fire will definitely do something. Dexter is what I know him from the most. Um, honestly, don't know if I could name anything off the top of my head besides Pete and Pete, which we just accidentally watched recently. Who was he on Pete and Pete? He He's was the, the competing g- dad. Yeah, the the guy. <gasps> oh, in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. In the in the yeah. in the last episode we did, <laughs> he was the other uh, dad driving down oh, the road. Oh, he's Mister Perfect. Yeah, the King, of the, road. King yes. of the Road. But someday oh. we'll definitely cover. Um, Grace Under Fire, which also features the superior uh, Dave Thomas, um, but he plays the like, ex-husband in that as well, and pretty much a very similar character to this. And uh, yeah, so the door opens, well, before the door opens, she hears the doorbell ring, and she's like, oh, wait a second, and she knew that her sprinkler system was on a timer, so she waited a few seconds for it to go off, so you hear him yell, so he gets all wet, and then once she opens the door, she apologizes, and you can see there's water all over him. He's like, oh, that's all right. Um, also, I picked up your uh, laundry for you, so now her laundry's all wet. He's like, and the, the sprinkler startled me, so I dropped it into the puddle, so there's some mud on it. And it happened right after I took the cellophane off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do love that it's very much a tit for tat. It's, it's their equal in their hatred. Like, no one's getting a one-up. Yes, but if they're getting divorced, why is he picking up her laundry? Um, there's a lot of happens. things. Yeah, it depends on the couple sometimes. Yeah. And Bullshit. it's... It's weird because I, I, I guess we'll get into it as we go along, but throughout the entire episode, I feel like there's these points where you don't know who's at fault for this divorce. I mean, sometimes it's never yeah. someone's fault. Sometimes it's just two people don't get along, which maybe that's where they lie because they're both kind of shitty people. Well, even before I started reading into this show, it seemed obvious to me that th- the intent was not to keep them divorced, like right out the gate. Obviously, they're... Right. There's, they have their spats, but at the end of the days, like they are still nice to each other or whatever, or um, you know, they're cordial. They still do have feelings for each other. So it's not the intent to keep them divorced, from what I can tell in the show. Like they will eventually try to find their way back to each other. Like that's yeah. the point of it. Every situation is different, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, listen, my parents split up like over twenty years ago. They went to Walmart together the other day, and I don't even know if they like each other as people. But they still like will do like they'll still go on like like trips like that if they both need like to get something. But, I mean, um, but there's a connection, right? You're with somebody for that long. Yeah, like, you have like yeah. stock with the person, yeah. Right? Like with the oldest kids, maybe what say a junior in high school. That means they were together at least 18 years. Right. There's a connection there forever. That no matter what, that's like 
you know, going to stick around. Yeah. I mean, they talk about it later on in the episode. They, you know, something that happened when they were 17. So yeah, they've, they've got some time with each other. And, uh, also it seems like neither of the kids were even aware that he moved out. So like, uh, which is very sad. Yeah. 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 Cause it had been about two weeks. Right. And he just, he had no idea. Well, that just means that the father is like a workaholic, which we'll find out in a minute what he does, which is very much an opposite of Al Bundy. I don't even know if it was a workaholic thing, though. I think they were just playing off like, it, so it looks like Ryan is just dumb and, yeah. and Tiffany's self-absorbed, yeah, which he says herself. Well, yeah, yeah I, lo- it, I like her line with like, he's like, you notice I was gone, right? He's, she's like, I'm so self-absorbed. I don't even know we're talking now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually like, to me, that line was a little cringy because I thought that was a little too telling the audience something that they clearly got. Like, just so yeah. you know, I'm self-absorbed. Hi, mm. audience. Honestly, this is my character. Go back and forth yeah. in the show. Like, I'm half the time, I'm like, this is great that they're understanding where they are. And half the time, I'm like, this is so hard to watch right now. And that's it's one times. of those lines. I think See, it I was... don't get that feeling with the kids. I get that feeling for the most part with a lot of the wives' lines. Um, I, I, it's mm. not her. She's a good actress. I think a lot of her lines seem forced in our time yeah i think, I think that happens with well, another character that we meet later same thing and i'll bring it up when we get to it but there's a lot of that like i said before i think the writers made jokes and they just like well we'll figure out where to piece them in and uh, it was fun though this feels like a fun show to do yeah i'm sure everyone on set like it's probably a really loose atmosphere i don't think they were being like super strict on this one like if you think of a show like friends right like whatever if you just remove your preconceived notions or knowledge of friends it doesn't seem like when you watch that pilot that everyone's like this is really fun this show seems like it was very low stakes and very fun right and yeah then you're like oh there's a fucking puppet talking wherever you're like okay this whole thing is not supposed to be taken too seriously like let's all just enjoy ourselves which i think is maybe the kind of beauty of these networks popping up like the wb where it was like, hey, we're new, kind of like how Fox was at the beginning too, right? Where it's like, hey, right. Tracy Ullman, Married with Children, we're new, there's no boundaries, like, do something weird, we're not gonna come down on you. Yeah. Like an, yeah. Like an FX when, um, with Always Sunny and stuff like that, you know, when you're a little newer, you're trying to flag a little attention, so you have to be a little off the beaten path. Right, The League, I think, is a great example of that, where it's like, this show is wild and totally different but you're not on nbc you're on fx so you can do what you want like and it is almost a calling Mm. card to be like oh i like this show it's interesting that they can sort of do what they want and by the way for um, they're having fun for people listening some of the shows we just mentioned always sunny the league married with children like these are all shows we've covered so you know be sure to look back if you're somewhat new to us you know go back into the archives and listen to some of those and uh after all the kids leave First thing he notices is like, hey, you've lost some weight. Like, you look good. Like, how come you didn't lose weight when we were together? And she's like, oh, you didn't seem worth the effort. (laughs) Like, they were probably just both very complacent in their relationship, I guess. And uh, she tells him that she wants to go over some divorce details. So they both go to sit down at the kitchen table. And there's like this little gag where the dogs look up because they see him. And then she just tells the dogs that it's just him. So they look back down. They have like the three dogs do that in unison. Well-trained dogs. Yeah, it's the only time the dogs are a part of anything. Is that one quick shot, <laughs> and then yeah, it's like they're in the they're in the intro too. What they do? Things. Yeah. 
But I just thought, like, what an undertaking, depending on how involved they are later in this. Like, we don't know future episodes, but if to have three dogs on set just seems like a, a lot and probably a terrible idea. But when they sit down, he comments about how it's nice that, like, you know, they decided to settle on their own without lawyers. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's not us. Lawyers aren't us. But then as soon as she sits down, she has, like, a notepad and she's going over this very specific legal jargon, which uh, I obviously was a product of her sleeping with that lawyer uh, earlier in the day. Yeah. She does like the Jim Carrey in the mask thing where he pulls out the like uh, the little hat with the green thing is like luckily bullets <laughs> are deductible. Yeah. <laughs> and he says flat out, you know, if I didn't know any better, I'd think you were sleeping with a lawyer. And she gives like a like a fake exaggerated laugh and she's like, Oh, it's an encyclopedia salesman. But he's like, Wait, what? Because he didn't see a guy leaving. <laughs> so he was he was just going by what she said earlier. Which that, that reference is not that working didn't anymore. Hit for me. But Gorda was a future Wikipedia salesman. That would be the proxy for this episode. I could be sleeping with, with women selling Wikipedia. <laughs> you yeah. Are you sleeping with men now? Bunch <laughs> <laughs> all these space Make creatures it. I've been sleeping with for years. <laughs> Finally, a woman. <laughs> well, I was going to say that. Uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something, but I forgot. Please say now. anything, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucked one way or the other. Yeah, it's, it's a good it's... thing my fiance doesn't listen to us. Yeah, it's, it's only going to get deeper at this point. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, don't listen to us. So, so she, um, she tells him to sign, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll sign." Like, I have, you know, I trust you. There's no reason to think anything will be wrong. But then the second he looks at the papers, he's like, "Why are your dental bills mixed in with all the kids?" And um, she just blatantly says, "Oh, I was trying to cheat you." And starts doing that playful laugh again. So he takes his calculator out of his pocket, which, yeah, that's a normal thing. I guess if they were planning in every day now, we all do. Now we do. In 1995, with the absence of smartphones, I wasn't like, I should bring this calculator with me just in case. If you're going to calculate finances, you probably would. Yeah. Yeah, but if he's going to a house, you'd have a calculator. Wouldn't you assume that there's one in the house somewhere? Like, you didn't have to bring your own. But we find well, out he, he doesn't get anything from that house. He had to go scrape together. All yeah, like he definitely bought that calculator on the way there. Well, he he's a car salesman, which we'll find out in a few minutes. But yeah, I guess maybe he crunches think- some numbers. Maybe he keeps that with him. Maybe he does for work. Maybe that's a good point. Yeah, I would think that that's. I I would think you'd need one because like yeah. mileage or what have you. And like, so he does start crunching some numbers, and he's like, "All right, so I make forty k a year, which I, for ninety five isn't that bad." But then he's like, after no. everything, you know, it's going to leave me with 8000 a year. And he's like, after rent, that's $40 a week. That's $5 a day. He's like, people cross the Rio Grande to get away from $5 a day, as he says. No, you know, a joke of people are getting divorced and then swimming to Mexico to avoid their alimony payments? No, he's Mexico? saying people are coming from here, no. there to go here to avoid living a life of $5 okay, a day. I couldn't figure out if he's saying they come to or come from. I just didn't know no, the come angle to. was. FYI, that converts to $73,000 a year. Yeah, so that's not bad. Yeah. No, that's not that's bad at all. That's a very yeah. healthy yeah. salary, yeah. Especially for a used car sale. Well, I guess if you're good at it, well, they, now they make good money, yeah. Like, I don't know, what's a fucking new a two-year-old Bronco cost? 50 grand, right? Like, you sell five of those in a week. Yeah, the problem is, is that you gotta sell them. Right now, well, right now, <laughs> as we record in 2022, car. yeah, it's like also knowing this, like he's not selling like nice used cars. Yeah. He's selling like old jalopies. Like <laughs> I like to think yeah. that he's basically uh, Bill Paxton from True Lies, 
He's like that scummy car dealer who just keeps saying that women have asses like 10 year old boys. <laughs> I didn't know how to transition movie. from you saying that line. And he's definitely the Al Bundy. Uh, well, yeah, I, I imagine he's the the what Al Bundy is selling in shoes is what he's selling in cars. Like Al Bundy doesn't work in a upscale shoery or whatever you call a, a shoe store. Is it a shoery? I don't shoe know. Shoe la la. Yeah. So what I don't know. say is that he works at the Shubaru dealership. <laughs> uh, waka waka. <laughs> no sell, huh? <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean. Maybe Nikea. <laughs> a bit better on the second attempt. Thank you. So that's <laughs> proud of you for sticking to it, buddy. But uh, <laughs> stick the landing, stick the landing, stick the landing. You know the concept. I mean, I mean, it is true. Like when you go through divorce and you have to pay like child support and all that, you aren't left with very much. But you know, he's lucky that if he was left with eight thousand a week, that he could still cover a year's worth of rent. You know, in those times, because you know these days you're not going to be able to get away with that at all. That'll get you somewhere to live for like two, three months. Yeah. I wonder if maybe he factored rent in. Oh, when he was like, when he was going through, through all like yeah, through everything yeah. else, maybe. I don't know. And then that's when um enters Jenny's mom, Maureen. And uh she's played by Joyce Van Patten. Um I can't say off the top of my head I can think of anything that I know her from without looking at her acting credits. Her face didn't ring a bell right away. She's in Mary Tyler Moore show. She's been in like Sopranos and Oz. She has a ton of HBO stuff. She was in like Deadwood. She's kind of, I think Deadwood. At first, she reminded me of George Lopez's mom from the George Lopez show. Damn it. Ernie Reebok Jr. That's regional and terrible. (laughs) 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 You should have quit while you were ahead. Yeah, you had it too. You should have stopped at Nike. That was, yeah, flew too close to the sun there, Rick (laughs) Ross. Oh, somebody found the edit button. But uh, yeah, so enters Maureen and she's asking if uh, Jenny's seen her purple pills and then she grabs this giant bottle of assorted pills and she goes, oh, well, red and blue make purple and just takes a handful of those. And I'm like, um, this character is a little too exaggerated for me right away. It's like as crazy as a show. She's a little too much. Like, I'm the mother in law. I'm going to take a big handful of pills now. Like, like, okay. You're I get bum. it. You've always been a bum. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing because, and we do, we find out in this moment too, that Jenny invited her mom to move in now to help out with the kids. But yeah, she sees Jack and she just goes, you, you unworthy prostate of a man. I spit on you. Church spits on you. The Lord spits on you. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> like but what just like- happened? She says church spits on you, which makes me think. Because she says the church thing, you know, the Catholic Church is against divorce. So it's leading me to believe he initiated the divorce. I don't think it matters at that point. She's her mother. So it doesn't matter whether he initiated it or she initiated it. I know, but we were were talking about that earlier. Yeah, who who initiated it? I agree. It's hard to tell. It was very just exaggerated, though. And that's just the thing. It was just her character from the moment she comes in with the pill thing and then to that. Smoking a cig. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, like, I like to tear you limb from limb. And then he gets it. He's like, okay, baby, let's go. And he stands up and he's like holding his hands in this like this old timey boxer way. Like, they're about to start sparring. But she's also mad that he never called her mom. Yeah. Which doesn't fit into any of this scene. Yeah, just more complaining. 
She also yeah. like blows like that cigarette smoke right in his face. And um, but at this point, like when they're standing up and like the way he gets up and holding his fists up at her, and at this wow, moment, wow, wow, I'm wow, like, this was written to me like a <laughs> play. It was written like a play. Yep. It didn't but, feel like a sitcom. It felt like a play the way that everything was written and delivered at that point. Imagine the turn this show would have taken if he just beat the shit out of her in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> then unhappily ever after was them like burying a body and like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. takes and like this weird jail. breaking bad turn. <laughs> it turns into like a natural born killers. I was just like I was just over that character immediately though. But she leaves like right after that. Unnecessary. Thankfully. I would say that is Yeah. We always talk about the wheat from the chaff sometimes in these shows. That is a totally unnecessary character. Yeah, it was a little, a little too extreme. The wheat from the chap? <laughs> the wheat from the chaff? Cutting away the unnecessary? I've never oh, I thought you said the wheat Just from the chaff. Just say that. Saying. You don't have to say weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> Who's the wheat from the chap? Like, what chaff. I, what's oh. a chaff? It's literally it? like one of the oldest sayings in the world. This is no, not it's not. I imagine it's <laughs> ooga booga. <laughs> <laughs> you broke Joe. Uh, <laughs> I, I got I to say, it, this is now what, uh, like episode 46. I think by far that's the funniest thing Gordo said. <laughs> <laughs> First time you've ever made me laugh on purpose. <laughs> yeah, usually when Gordo gets me, it's something that he didn't intend to make us all laugh at. Did Joe, Joe fall out of the Joe is Joe, still down. Joe is like a turtle right now. He's just he's turtling. <laughs> also that's the, weed from the chaff is in the bible to date joe's fucking <laughs> it is reference. a pretty old term yeah it's pretty it's pretty old told you god damn it okay and well guys let's hold off all the ooga booga talk until episode 100 when we cover cavemen <sighs> now we're back to reality yeah so uh after the mom leaves jenny's like you know be nice she has five doctors and a team of pharmacists working around the clock and he's like, and she still won't die. It just, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Jenny hands him a pillowcase with some of his things, which was a blue quilt, a fork, a knife, and his orange juice glass. Like, see, I'm nice to you. And I was like, is this, like, all he has? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but, you know, she's also very vindictive, too. I get the the sense that She's not going to give him an inch. They're both out so, to get each other a lot, you know? Yeah. So, like, oh, you can have your little orange juice cup. But does anybody have a, like, I have a special glass that I use for every beverage, and I wash it every day. We have 10,000 glasses. <laughs> I wash the same glass every day. and use. I it. do the same this stuff. One. I have a bunch of different beer glasses. I use the same ones. I stole this one from Tavern in the Square. It's meant to hold a big beer, but it holds a lot of whiskey. So I use it for all my drinks. Which, by the way, I need to take a break and make some empty. I have a uh, joyride that a joyride vendor gave to me as a Christmas gift. All right, if we're going to continue to fill in uh, the listeners with things that they're not interested in, I'm currently <laughs> drinking from a can. <laughs> I'm enjoying a spindrift. <laughs> I'm drinking from a normal glass. I have many different glasses because they're all the fucking same, you weirdos. <laughs> I finished my smart water. It did not work. Uh, well, now that you're all clued in on what we're drinking... Uh, you know, we, we can go on to um, 
you know, she tells him, love you, bye, as he's leaving. And she's like, oh, sorry, that's a habit, bye. And uh, before he walks out, asks for his leather jacket. I guess he lent that to her when they were 17, and he never got it back. And uh, apparently wasn't allowed to wear it again. And I'm like, they lived put on her side of the closet. Yeah, but it was like they live in the same house. Like all those years, you could have just grabbed it and put it on. It wasn't for she didn't lock it up somewhere. It was in the closet. Forbidden. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, again, being petty. Yeah. And he's like, you know, like, uh, you know, you took it from me, so you should give it back. Like if I had something of yours, I'd give that back. And she's like, what about my virginity? And he's like, (laughs) check with someone else, baby. (laughs) <laughs> that's when we get another real that's a real uh married with children line the way he talks and like saying baby like that and other things he says throughout the episode i'm shocked he never called a girl toots in this episode at some point he sounds <laughs> like when people do on like you watch like an a and e documentary on the rat pack it's like and then he said hey joey heatherton walk away baby yeah. <laughs> like, okay shit i guess that's how it was back then and, Come uh, on, Chuch. And then we, uh, this is when we actually meet the youngest son, who we hadn't known existed until this moment, because he runs down the stairs, and his name's Ross, played by Justin uh, Barefield. And do you guys recognize him from something? Because it's a credit you would all know him from if you looked him up, but he was probably too young to catch it in his face. So I know him from yep. his later uh, appearances, which is uh, Reese from Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, yeah. So Malcolm in the Middle, I think, was the thing that I was alluding to, figured out, you would all know him, but he was so young there that until I looked him up, I wouldn't have caught that by seeing him. Yeah, he looked familiar. So that's what happened with me. Him and um, the Sean, whoever the one that looked like Sean Ashton. uh, Kevin Conley? Yes. So both of them, it, it was bugging me who they were. And when I saw Kevin Conley played, on Entourage, I was like, all right, that's where I know him from. And then him, I was like, oh, he is Reese from Malcolm in the Middle. So I had to go it's, look it up. It's funny. It was- he played, he was in like a ripoff of Married with Children. And then later he went on to be on a ripoff. Oh, no, never mind. I was mixing up. Uh, you think of the, the show that ripped the show that ripped off yeah. Malcolm in the Middle, the middle. Yeah, not a great show, but I'm sure we'll cover it. We didn't cover Malcolm. We in the have yet, to. Right? Not yet. Nope. I don't think so. It's hard to remember now. We've done a lot of these. But uh, yeah, so when he runs down, he asks uh, his dad if if he really hates him, like grandma says. And he's like, no, grandma's a pill-popping, whacked-out old wheeze bag. <laughs> Doesn't mean any harm. And I was like, that's kind of a weird thing to say to like your eight-year-old about his grandmother. But I guess when the grandmother's saying, oh, by the way, your daddy hates you, you should, uh, I guess you can defend yourself in that situation. Yeah, the classic family fight of like, I don't like you, but we're all stuck together. So things like wheeze bag are just like interesting. Yeah. Like this show is really. I feel like at this point, this show is trying to push the boundaries it can. And I think this next scene coming up too, where like we get into like once we're in the school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the school, there's like boob jokes, lesbian jokes. Like they're trying to be the show that Married with Children maybe couldn't be. Right. And it doesn't maybe land very well. And before we skip to that. The, uh, we we need to kind of conclude this because a couple big things happen, I guess, in what will be important to the show. So, uh, Jack tells Ross he wants the kids to come over tonight to see his new place, and that's when Ross gives his dad his stuffed rabbit so he won't be lonely, and that's his uh, little Mr. Floppy. And he was talking to his son after he gives him, he's like, oh, you're giving me Mr. Floppy? You know, the three of us had good times together, and, you know, Mr. Floppy's going to help me sell cars, which is when we find out, you know, what he does for a living. 
And that's when the mother makes a joke about how he's going to use Mr. Floppy to turn the odometers back on the cars, which he says is illegal and that they have gremlins that come in at night to do that. He's like, I want to see a gremlin daddy. Well, well, son, only grandma can see gremlins. I think the joke would have been better if he called the grandma a gremlin, but yeah, 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 right, seeing gremlins. Yeah. yeah, you should have just said like, yeah, if you want to see a gremlin, she just walked into the There's other room one right here. Yeah, yeah. you call yeah. her Nana. Yeah, I think that's the call. I think that would have been the better punch to end that scene. From that, we get the new scene, which is Ryan and Tiffany, and they're at school, and um, they're in like the cafeteria during lunch break, and they're not sitting together at first. So we start with Tiffany, and she's talking to her friend Amber, and Tiffany's like first so locks eyes with this alert. dude. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, so some guy walks by and, and Tiffany's looking at him and you get a little, ooh, and (laughs) that's when Amber says, like, you should give him a tumble. Sex is cool. All the kids are doing it. And I was like, what (sighs) the fuck is this line? Like, I get that they're trying to like be a little edgy, but having this girl say like, sex is cool. All the kids are doing it. Like I get what they're going for, but it just comes off so awkward. This scene is tough. And especially, and then, like, we were in school around this time, so, like, I don't know, I guess you'd say... Like, a little you know, younger, but, yeah. A little younger, but, like, you know, uniquely around that time to be, like, no one said anything like this. Like, this is a weird fantasy. This thing. isn't... Yeah, if this is how adults think that teenagers talk as they're writing this episode, like, you're a little off the mark here. And then when she first replies to Amber by saying, like, when she says all kids are having sex, he goes, not me. And you get a notable... Aw, from somebody in the crowd, which I was like, this is so weird. (laughs) It's like some like 40 year old guy going like, damn, she doesn't like to get plowed. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? Yeah. Come on, go take a tumble. (laughs) I like saying tumble so much too. (laughs) Yeah. Very weird. I didn't know if that was like tumble in this and commercials about dryers. Like it's such a weird word. Was there like a time that I'm unaware of where like that was a term that was being used that we just missed? Like maybe it was just a few years older than us and (laughs) people were saying that? No, it's definitely a term. It's It's a term, yeah. Like I can think of songs where like Tumble With Me by the boys or something where like that's the whole thing. But like I think at this point that was like an outdated term. I was gonna say that's something teenagers were saying in ninety five though? Not ninety five for sure. All the kids are saying it's go for a cobain. But uh, yeah, that's what kids said. Blast and me in the face. Stop it. Stop it. And then yeah, it um, anyways, Tiffany says uh, she's not going to cave in a peer pressure. <laughs> she's saving it for a wrinkled old wheeze bag with a ton of money and a week to live. And I was like, wait a minute. So first off, we're like six minutes into the episode. This is the second time virginity is mentioned. And the second time the term wheeze bag is being used. Like, yeah, what is going on? Double use is strange. <laughs> but this How do you use wheeze bag twice? Like, what, Anna Nicole? Yeah, that's what it's referring to. Yeah. Yeah. Trim spa, baby. You want my cold, dead body? (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. Oh, no. For those of you wondering why Joe shouldn't refill his giant glass of whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) But remember those trim spa commercials? Yes, we remember the commercials. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so uh, Amber's like, so why do you bother dressing like that? She's like, because I love the power. So, I mean. She's very aware. Yeah. I guess when you talk about Kelly Bundy, who is a little more ditzy. Yeah. um, Tiffany's character is well aware that she's using sex appeal. Like she does it deliberately. It's it's just being tackled a different way with this character. Or at least if Kelly Bundy understood her sex appeal, it took time to understand it, which I think was good character development. We were like, oh, she kind of doesn't get 
that she's you know attractive and polite. Kelly thought like dudes were being nice to her just to be because right. they were nice people. Yeah. yeah. And then Al would be defensive about it. Like right. it was a more interesting dynamic. Whereas in this one, you're like, oh, you're just throwing this off. This whole this whole scene, everything in the school is like kind of hard to watch. Right. Well, this next scene too, because this is when Ryan walks up and you know he talks to Tiffany and Amber and he's telling them how you know <laughs> no none of the girls at the school will go out with them. And he's like, is every girl in the school a lesbian? And then he like looks at one girl and like calls her name, and she like looks nervous and just grabs the girl next to her and like hugs her to be like, yeah, no, I'm gay. <laughs> and then he does it with another girl who does the same exact thing, like nervously hugs the girl next to her. So then he says he's producing a nation of gym teachers, and I'm like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> like rocked like, my jaw. Like, holy this is, shit. I, I mean, this goes back to something that we said like weeks and weeks ago, but 90s. <laughs> Like, yeah, you're not doing that now. Like, that, there's no fucking chance in 2022 you're going to be able to say, like, oh, all oh, these no. lesbian gym teachers that I'm creating. <laughs> like, no way. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, first of all, though, what siblings talk to each other at school? Like, I'm pretty sure you and your brother ignore each other like the plague in high school. I know. We didn't even acknowledge it. Yeah, we didn't even acknowledge each other until we were adults. How um, close in age are they, though? Are they, like, twins? I think they look a like couple two years. years. Yeah. I think that, like, she's, like, I think it's, like, a freshman he's junior older. or sophomore senior scenario. Yeah, he's the older brother. See, but it's even that tall because he's so tiny, even as an adult. Right. <laughs> he's not a tall man. <laughs> no. At this point, uh, her, Tiffany's cell phone rings. And I was like, oh, you know, for 95 to have a cell phone. That surprised no. me too. Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, I didn't even realize that there were cell phones like around that size in in ninety five. If there was one, I thought it was going to be this giant clunky yeah, thing. A Zach Morris phone, right? Well, if you remember, the cell phones in school were like a huge thing in uh, Clueless, which I believe was like the <laughs> same close, time yeah. as this. Oh so. yeah, it's a good point. It's but probably they were all when rich people though. Right, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I'm guessing maybe we're to believe that like she got this from like a prospective beau. Like Possibly, yeah, right. And uh, she says, um, she says that it was her mom on the phone, and that it was just kind of the fault. Uh, the call confirming that just, that the, just made me think of your dad calling you in class. Yeah, which we talked about weeks. I forget what episode now, but go back find it. But yeah, it one. just the the call is confirming that the father is going to be taking them all tonight, so she's going to drop them off. So that that's all that call was for. But because of that, that's when Amber realizes that. Um, Tiffany's parents had split up. So she just basically announces to everyone in the cafeteria, hey, everybody, the Malloy split up. And, like, everyone with divorced parents, come over and welcome the two new members. And, like, everybody, for the most part, stands up, except you get a shot of, like, two kids whose parents are together still, and they, like, hang their heads <laughs> down in shame. <laughs> they make the joke sad really face. made me laugh. Them, them like, our, family, our family's not broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, when you really look back at those times in, like, 90s, mid-2000s, I mean, I don't know how it is these days. It looks like it's kind of on the up again where things aren't as bad, but the divorce rate was absolutely insane around those times. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's it average for a long time at pretty much 50-50. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they were saying now that this is now the lowest divorce rate that we've had in a long time in the U.S. Yeah, not to break away from the show too much, but I think that's kind of a product of, like, people in our age group waiting a little bit longer. Like, there's not these people that were getting married in their very early 20s and really hadn't established what they wanted. Yeah, they did. I think it's just people aren't getting married. 
No, but, but the ones who are fucking no, bunch of kids like, and not getting married. I mean, no, people are getting married. Person on the show, I guess, right? I don't know, but I, I with Jay, I got married in my thirties. Yeah, we were together I'm, for ten years, but I still get married. In my 30s. But I think people just wait till they're at an age where they're more confident in what they want, whereas before it was just kind of this thing like, all right, I, I'm I'm out of school and now it's time to be an adult, so I'm going to start a family and get a job. And people just kind of get rushed into adulthood in their young twenties, and they don't know what they want yet. And not to be on a tangent from this episode of wackiness that's going to get even weirder as we go along, but I think that's oh, kind of a yeah. big reason that those times, why there was such a shift. In the 90s, like, divorce rates went insane, and I think our generation, the product of those divorces, kind of look back now and go, okay, well, I'm not going to just jump into this. I'm going to wait until I know what I want, and that's seemed to work. Yeah. I think it's gotten better for sure. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so. It ain't wrong, too. Two Christmases is great. Yeah, well, that's what Amber's telling them, because Amber's explaining that, well, no, this is great now that you have, you know, now that you're in a broken home, you get, like, double everything. Your parents are competing for your love. They don't know how to do that, so they're supplementing that with gifts, and you get double the presents and holidays, and if they're dating people, you might get four times the presents, and uh, if you ever fail, it's not because you're stupid, it's because you're the product of a broken home. Very true. Very true, because that's how everybody in the 90s looked at that. Plenty of outs, yeah. yeah. So I guess glass half full there, right? I feel like if you were to say that line in a different context, but in the exact same set, it would just be from an episode of my so-called life and not an episode of this show. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. If she were just sullen and she was like, I'm a product of a broken home, I'd be like, oh, this is like an MTV drama versus uh, like Yeah. Oh. We're here. It was celebrated. Like, oh, that's so great. Your parents split up. But now, but And then, uh... <laughs> So a teacher walks in and calls for Ryan, and this makes everybody, like, run to their seats. And the teacher tells him that someone stole a midterm exam off her desk and that she knows it's him, him being Ryan. And I want to pause because can we talk about this teacher for a minute? Like, yeah, holy booby yeah. uh, wow. suit. <laughs> yeah. You'd probably be Boobarella. fired from whatever district yeah. you worked in. So the actress who plays her, his name is Jessica Hahn, and she's best known for being in Bikini Summer 2. That's the top credit when you look her up. So if that gives you a rough visualization of who she is, um, yeah, she's a little older by the taping of this, but she's wearing a very revealing like business suit where it's very chest forward and you know she's like done to the tens with like her her makeup and hair yep and bikini summer one was way better i agree <laughs> I, I, is good. I, I can't say i've seen either in reality but i feel like you and joe that. probably have oh, oh okay. i haven't seen it to be fair i probably have it was probably on like hbo after a movie that was like <laughs> boston and then she yeah. had like people getting killed by palm trees or some shit <laughs> stuff that would play i'm like those encore action channels when we were kids. Yeah, and I kind of felt like, I mean, not knowing the future of the show and, like, legitimately not really remembering anything future, I almost feel like this overly sexual hot teacher is probably a character that they would want to use in the future again, but I, I really don't know. Yeah, I don't remember the show after this episode. Like like I said, I haven't yeah. seen the show. I remember the years. show. I don't remember any specifics of it. Correct. And then Ryan says that he's sorry and then kind of takes a minute and pauses and says, I'm the product of a broken home, which makes her just instantly grab his head in sorrow and just plants his head right into her breast. So you get this close up shot of his face now, just smiling as he's resting his head on her tits. Not how high school was. Yeah, definitely not. 
once in a while it hits the news because high school's like that for somebody every couple of years somewhere. But I don't not know, for I vaguely the remember Gordo hugging Big Red like that. <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> oh. You were you didn't I forgot he didn't attend school. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to say it's like you may have dropped out before her. Yeah, I don't remember this. this it was just like a, a Big Red was all through time. high school. Uh, school was weird. I remember I specifically remember because when Gordo wasn't going to school, he showed up one day and our gym teacher kicked him in the shin and told him to show up. More <laughs> <often>. <laughs> so they need to be in jail today. I I do remember that. Yeah, that was uh Mr. Do, no. Nope, doesn't need to be said, but yeah, you shouldn't say their names. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's not him. Also, that no, was it wasn't. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. But yeah, X out that name. And then, uh, yeah, so we cut to a new scene now, and this is Jack walking into his apartment for the first time. And it's not a nice apartment. It's pretty run down. There's tape on the couch. Like, it, it looks like shit. So I appreciated this because what often bugs me in today's TV is the shitty apartment quote unquote is actually really nice yeah it has like a three thousand dollar leather couch yeah and um they did it well with this this is an actual shitty apartment and i appreciated it the one thing thank you nick because i always feel the same way and i feel like what this reminded me of is mrs doubtfire because there's a scene where they go to robin williams apartment for the first time and his apartment is like a two bedroom two bath apartment in san francisco that would cost like fifty thousand dollars a month (laughs) Yeah. yeah But yep. this scene very much feels like that scene. Like if if uh fucking Jeff Pearson put his face in a pie and yelled "Hello" <laughs> in the scene, like I would not be thrown off. Is is it just me or did you guys get a Bundy's house vibe from this? Hundred uh, like percent. No, kitchen. because the Bundy's house was very nice. We talked about that on our episode. No, but it was it was, it was, a, it was no. poor, but it was a nice house. It was very was wood big. paneled, though, which is but what this apartment what was. Yeah, the yeah, paneling, the, yeah. The way the kitchen was, and like with the way that the island was set up, I, I know that, that was kind of generic. So, so the the main house where the mother and children still lives kind of had a very similar layout to the Bundy's house, but it was just a lot the nicer. Stairwell. It was a much nicer house. The door and the house, I said. Nicer house. <laughs> but uh yeah like the way the kitchen was far left into like the living room area like that was pretty much set up the same but when jack walks into this apartment he's like talking to the stuffed bunny that's just kind of like flopped over in the box uh with his like couple other things and he says that it's nice and quiet because immigration just did a sweep yesterday and again i was like 90s <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ yeah the 90s 90s yeah Joke after joke after joke, I'm going, Shh, how can we talk about this? Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. One of those things the lesbian like, joke, how? this, the joke, the very, very end after the show with Bobcat. Going oh, yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of stuff that's like, like, we like, are acknowledging. God! Yeah, we're acknowledging <laughs> it's a very different time. It, you know, things have changed a lot in the near 30 years since this episode came out. Um, so <laughs> I think we can acknowledge and report on the jokes, but acknowledge that they are dated and not how people talk these days. I will say right at this point, too, is when Kelsey had come down and I was in the middle of the episode and she was just like, what is happening and what are we watching? I was like, oh, just buckle up. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. And that's when you looked over at the cat and went, buckle up, buckaroo. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, my name is Buck and I'm here to. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Ooh. So, uh, so he keeps For talking to the bunny. <laughs> <laughs> he, he keeps talking to the bunny and tells him that uh, he used to be a. Uh, 
golden glove boxer and he starts to like play box with the with the bunny for a second and then he's, he's sitting on the boxing with him and that would also be uh ryan malloy ryan kevin connelly there was in jay's favorite rocky movie rocky five so i feel like there's a connection there the we're not going to get into this again i hate rocky five but i want that to be known if anyone's listening to us for the first time rocky five is terrible i do not i love the rocky movies that movie's awful it's not but, the worst one it's better than Rocky's. But moving on before my blood pressure goes up, we'll we'll skip <laughs> past it. So he's uh he's sitting on the couch and he just kind of says to himself uh, the line that Joe said at the top of the episode, like, and this is just the middle of my life. The end should be really good. <laughs> and that's uh when you just hear, Jack, you're a loser. And Jack. I wish I yeah, I, uh, <laughs> no. say, like, I don't know if any of you guys could do it. I it's hard cannot to make my throat make the noises that comes out of the <laughs> out of Bobcat's mouth. When I think of Bobcat Goldthwait, the only thing I can do to try to make it work is one line from, uh, I think it's Police Academy He's 2, Academy. maybe, where it's like, I'm a vegetarian! <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I can think of. That, like, it's almost like he's consistently talking through crying, is the only way I can describe his <laughs> yeah, voice. Yeah, I can't, I, under no circumstance, could I even remotely emulate that. I will and, say, though, I fucking love him so much and oh I yeah yeah my entire life and every aspect of what he's done his directing his movies his fucking characters love bobcat i, I yeah. just i don't understand his character which makes it funnier to me <laughs> i don't get yeah. what he's That's doing why it works right because he's it was, so unique this was a beautiful yeah. age where you could be like that and be famous like, yeah he was just so unique and so Jack looks over confused, and that's when he realized that the bunny, Mr. Floppy, is speaking to him, which now, as you look at him, when, when he's, like, talking and full of life, he's a little bit more stuffed. It's like the, the, the lifeless version that he carries around is, like, not even made to look similar to the version it's almost. Like, like, they could have done a little bit better job, like, putting some stuffing in the prop, like the lifeless one, but whatever. Yeah, so that's Bobcat uh, Goldweight, who we talked about earlier, and he's doing the voice of Mr. Floppy. And uh, yeah, I mean, Bobcat has a million credits himself, but it's Police Academy. Like, though, that's would that be the, probably the main thing people would recognize him from? I think for our generation, that's where we saw him first. I mean, the Police Academy movies, but also Scrooge with Bill Murray. Scrooge is a big one. I loved as a kid Hot to Trot. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Mm, with, like, I don't John- remember if I have. I might, I, I don't remember. He's like an executive, and his best friend is John Candy, who is a talking horse. It's a pretty wild movie. Uh, but Shakes the Clown is also amazing. I mean, he's a director for a ton of stuff now. He's just the funniest dude. Oh, he's also in Hercules. Disney's Hercules. More like Huncules. He was one of the minions of uh, Hades. So then Jack goes, so you're talking, Mr. Floppy. Well, it didn't take me long to lose my mind. <laughs> now did it. So uh, I guess he embraced that pretty quick. He was like not even confused or like shocked. He was just like, oh, I guess I'm crazy now. Now, are we I supposed to that. believe that he's crazy? Or are we supposed to believe that Mr. Floppy is sentient? No, a lot of shit's gone wrong in this guy's life. He's been very calm and now yeah. he's having a breakdown. It's, addre- it's addressed later. And I-, I guess I'll just bring it up now. If you were to even like look up the synopsis of this show, it is identified that he's schizophrenic. Okay. But they play schizophrenia in a much lighter way than it would be in real life. Because <laughs> um, his only kind of really goes to the fact that he can talk to this bunny. This was Wilfred before Wilfred. Yeah, it doesn't get super dark. But he is identified, even in this episode where Mr. Floppy says it, but identifies him as schizophrenic. 
I love that he just ro- rolls with it though. It's pretty yeah, funny. That, that's what I'm saying. He's like, yeah. oh, guess I'm crazy now. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so we get like a quick commercial pause, and then when it fades back up, we're still on the couch, and he's talking to Mister Floppy again and asking if it if uh, he just spoke, but now he's not doing anything. So like, it looks like oh maybe it was like a, I was you know dreaming or something. So he goes and like <laughs> to put like his hand near Mister Floppy, and he goes like, and, like barks at him. <laughs> he barks and yeah. bites at him a bunch, <laughs> and like that like a legitimately funny. That one made me laugh. That is dog behavior. Yeah. yeah. That's dog behavior, not really. So well, I, so I couldn't tell you anything rabbit? about a bunny. He's a bunny. He's a bunny. Okay, so he is a bunny. All right. Okay. Yeah. I just, the fact that he was barking, I was like, is he a dog or a bunny? Because also bunnies don't really. I mean, some have the floppy have the ears, ears, but that's what you think of more with a dog. Right. But if we're going to analyze it like that, we should say, oh, and he's speaking English. Is he a human being? Well, I was going <laughs> like to ask Jay, like... he's, he's a bunny, but he's not a real bunny. So is this the breed of bunny that your rabbit's foot came from? Nope, mine was, uh, <laughs> mine was authentic. Fuck you, Jay. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. I'll. I wish I could find one. I wish I could find one. But anyways, we'll move past it. It will drive you insane, and it'll feed us with your tears. For no, years yeah, we've talked about come. this now. This is a third episode, but uh, the the rabbit foot uh, conversation is well documented, as well as a clip that can be featured on our Instagram at s one one pod. So go check that out if you want to hear us debate rabbit's feet. So Jack moves a little bit uh, out of the way because Mr. Floppy tells him, like, don't touch me. Don't even sit next to me. <laughs> I like my space. And uh, after a few seconds, he looks back at Mr. Floppy and he's like, so do you really think I'm a loser? <laughs> and, and he doesn't get an answer again. And he goes, oh, thank God. I, for a minute, I thought I was going nuts. And he goes to move his hand down again. And as he gets close to Mr. Floppy again, he starts to, like, bite at it again. <laughs> And again, something about him barking and trying to bite him like makes me laugh every time it happened. So I was like really like looking at like not looking into it, but I was really thinking heavy on this. And it's like the fact he calls him a loser. He hates him. He wants to hurt him. But he's like so cool about everything in life with this divorce. He actually doesn't care. I think that's like his brain splitting and that's his self-loathing. It's his Tyler Durden. Yeah, I can see a little bit of that. Yeah, so this is like a metaphor yeah. for all the feelings he truly has, and he's like, "I hate myself." This, that, that, but yeah. he's buried it but deep inside through this in, rabbit. In that assessment, are you giving this show too much credit? The no. show that used the term "wheezebag" twice <laughs> in like two minutes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a double wheeze. But uh, <laughs> like he's like, I thought I told you not to touch me. He's like, I thought you stopped talking. He's like, I was screwing with you. <laughs> well, I was um, saying uh, Ron Lovett, who created this show, he was also one of the writers on the entirety of the Jeffersons, who did have a character named Wheezy. Do we see a connection there? No. Uh, <laughs> that's a, <laughs> maybe a little bit of a reach. <laughs> All right, just there's so, I, I guess there's something there, but I would say probably not the intention at the time. No, well, fuck me. And no thanks. Um, so in any event, <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, one thing is like every time I, I say anything that Mr. Floppy says, I hate that I can't emulate his voice because it does no justice to say anything that Mr. Floppy try says. for our audience. I Go can't for it, Jay. like I, I can't even almost do it. I can't yeah, even almost well, do it. You might be able to. You don't know if all four of you give it an attempt. I'll go fifth. I'll happy to do it but you have to promise to do it too if all four of you do it before me no this sure. will be like Gordo doing a flash mob you just won't do it after <laughs> we all yeah, 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 we can't trust you yeah alright yeah, you gotta we'll go first li- we have to live in this world where none of us trust each other and move forward <laughs> so Jack says he thinks he understands he's like so you're like my alter ego which kind of goes into what Ferg was saying right but then um, <laughs> he replies quickly with 
don't get too deep with this. I'm just a talking bunny. I mean, you could say he's like, I'll do the I'll do the voice. He's like, I'm a talking bunny. (laughs) 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 I'll say I'll say like Bobcat's voice is a a voice I wish I could emulate. Um, I I just I know my throat. I can't do it. I Um, love though that he says that line because that is the like dividing line for everybody. Like, hey, look, we know you're like 15 minutes into this 22 minute show. Don't take it too serious. I'm just a fucking talking bunny. This yeah, is just for yeah, right. Through, which I think is an important scene to have. That there's the like, you know, hey everyone, chill out. This is supposed to be just for fun. Right? Yeah, like, don't, don't overthink this one. Yeah, this and is then yeah. five assholes with a podcast show up and break down yeah. every little second. <laughs> <of the laughs> yeah, let's talk about it for two fucking hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say you this, this is episode what... is longer than this. Uh, this podcast will be longer than the episode took for those guys to write it. There's yeah, no yeah. question. Sure. Yeah, but this is what makes it fun. Like schizophrenia fun. Not that schizophrenia is <laughs> yeah. fun. Um, it's fun. <laughs> you get but, to talk to bunnies. Yeah, you do. Yeah, right? Uh, but it, it schizophrenia is such a dark topic. Yeah. Typically that this is what makes it makes it lighthearted, I guess. Yeah, I mean, as way, best you can in the situation. Down. Yeah, but I also don't think that they're trying to make like light of mental illness or make it and more commonly acceptable. I think that they're just using it for cheap laughs. It's, yeah, it's a cheap weird. device. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, well, it's free pop. Show you could never do right. Like you couldn't just be like, they're fucking crazy, quote unquote. Like that's not how you could treat this now. Mm. Well, wait till the end. What oh, what the bunny yeah. says? Oh, I mentioned yeah. that earlier. Yeah, we'll, we're, we'll, uh, yeah, we're gonna get into that. Room. Do you mean do you mean Goldthwaite until the end? Uh, so, oh, so yeah. So, anyways, the door knocks, and that's uh, Jenny dropping the kids off. And as soon as they walk in, it, it's very clear none of these kids are impressed with the place. And she lets them know that you know you can keep them a little late tonight. Um, that she's going out. That's thinking, oh, is the lawyer visiting? So uh, she leaves, and the kids all tell them like. Uh, what are we going to do? We're bored. And I was kind of thinking like, yeah, what are they going to do? Like it's 95. They have like no cell phone, no tablet, nothing to play with. They're at their dad's house. There's no games. There's nothing for them to do. Like none of their belongings are there. What are they supposed to just sit there and talk? Play Nintendo. Or watch TV. He has tape all over the couch. You think he has a Nintendo hooked up to his like. I think like, he has a TV though. I think you can throw <laughs> Yeah, probably. He probably has a Nintendo. Uh, this is the age of Sega. So he'd have an older system like a Nintendo or an Atari. But possibly, I guess. Yeah, let's play Pong. To be fair, I love Pong. To be fair, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mainly play Solitaire. I have, I have this game called uh, Bricks. You shoot the things so the bricks. Oh, it's like Arkanoid, the best Break. Nintendo game ever. Brick Breaker yeah. was a huge uh, BlackBerry game. I want the game back from the original iPods where you shot the little airplane guys. Defender. It was called Parachute on the iPod. They were like I'm sure it's findable. As a I've looked everywhere. Okay, any listeners out there, if you can find a version you can download of the original iPod black and white game, Parachute, please let me know because I would love to play it again. Joe, remind us when we're done and we'll probably find it for you in four seconds. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm looking And um, Rossi's Mr. Floppy, uh, who's now back to just being kind of like a run-of-the-mill stuffed animal. And says, oh, I missed you. And he just starts beating him, like, over the couch and then just stomping on him, like, throwing him on the ground and stepping on him. 
So I think now that Jack has a little bit of a connection with his bunny, he goes and runs to stop it. And uh, he's like, hey, Ross, you know, when you would tell me that Mr. Floppy would talk to you, like, he really did talk to you, didn't he? He's like, uh, no, Dad, I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> and then just starts stomping on him again. Does this make you feel a little bad for the stuffed animals? Because, like, when we were kids, you'd get, like, whoever had the biggest stuffed animal, you'd be like, okay, now I will do every wrestling move I can possibly do to it. Well, that's and why I had a wrestling kid, buddy specifically yeah, wrestling for buddies. that. I had that giant alien that I won from the carnival, and I used to give it suplexes on the porch, which hurt me more than anything. (laughs) I remember, was it maybe fourth grade? One of our classes, like, everybody had a turn taking home this giant gorilla thing for the weekend. Maybe it was third grade. It was the lion, so it was a lion you took home, not a gorilla. Was it a lion? Okay, I mean, it was 30 years ago. I don't know, man. I'm trying to remember all of it, but... Like, and I remember, like, wrestling with it, you know, because it was huge. And you were like, oh, I can do, like, suplexes to this. But to go back, do I feel bad looking back? No, unless we're to assume that, like, this and Toy Story and things of that nature are real. I don't feel like I was. I I feel more bad for him because he's asking the son that in hopes that maybe I'm not insane. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Some magic exists. And then it's like, no, dad, it's a toy. Guess I am crazy. Yeah, yeah, and the son confirming that he's basically crazy. Right, so Jack grabs him and he goes to throw him in a drawer, but before he shuts it, he says, are you okay? And he's like, I don't need your stinking sympathy. <laughs> so um, he's talking to the rabbit in front of other people at this point too, right? Like they didn't catch it because none of them pay attention to him. They didn't even know he moved out of the house, but he's he's already very like you and me, bud, with this uh, stuffed animal. So the kids tell him that they're bored again, and he's like, I'm bored too. I've been bored for 20 years, and no one seems to care. (laughs) So then, like, he keeps kind of reflecting on how people used to call him the kid until uh, he had Ryan, and now he's middle-aged and sells used cars, and he's like, I'm dying here. I'm dying. (laughs) That's when I (laughs) lost I'm dying, Howard. oh, no. (laughs) This is where it all goes. Yeah, he was like, this was uh, the craziest. This was crazier than him, like, talking to a stuffed bunny the whole time, was him, like, slipping into madness right here. So that's when, like, the kids hand him, like, a brown bag to breathe into. And, And that was another one. I was like, is that, like, an old? Just like a TV movie thing. Did that actually work? Is there anything oh, behind that? Thing. I've I've heard heard it's a real thing. I've heard it's a Yeah, it's real. I think like, it doesn't happen anymore because nobody has sandwich brown bags, bags. anymore. Yeah. But like you're breathing in like CO2 at that point, right? That's not good. No, that's the point of it. When, you, yeah, the CO2 when you're hyperventilating, you're blowing off all your CO2 too quickly. So you have to get some of it back in. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Oh. I wasn't sure because that wasn't like a thing I ever actually did. At least in any serious way if i did it it would would have been as a kid because i had a brown bag and i thought it was funny or to make it pop but oh we were huffing glue no we were not huffing glue gordon and i were huffing glue (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah not not we collectively that's what anyone does not endorse huffing glue yeah because of punk so uh now that uh he's calmed down a little bit this is when all the kids start asking him for stuff and because they're products of a broken home so they're testing this out to see what they can get right so Ryan asked for a car. Tiffany wants uh, to go to school in France, as she says, which is $25,000. And then Ross wants to go to Disneyland, which Jack is quick to mention is also (laughs) (laughs) $25,000. That's a good joke. Screw you, Disney. (laughs) Disney, I do love that they get their comeuppance for being insanely expensive, though. It's not a secret. Yeah, people know. No one doesn't give them their bullshit for that, though. Yeah, they're aware, but it well, doesn't stop them from being full. 
Well, especially because, uh, you know, the Warner Brothers at the time is their big competition. Oh, yeah. That's true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's actually a really good note. I didn't think about that. Like, that was a shot from the network, probably more. Shots fired. Like, yeah. You're on the WB network. If you see a Disney character, do you Warner Brother? Is that what you're doing (laughs) for those shirts? You're like extra bad today. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember those shirts. Those are great shirts, though. And uh, yeah, so Jack's telling his kids, like, listen, I'm barely scraping by myself. Like, I need to get a car. And this is when we find out apparently his boss is his now ex-father-in-law. So he took the company car from him and he's thinking about getting a moped or something like that. Or a Lark, one of those motorized carts, which I love yeah. that fucking joke that they give that they shout out the name brand of the motorized carts that you drive around. Yeah. On. And Ryan complains. He's like, oh, so you get what you want. And uh, <laughs> Tiffany's like, hey, listen, dad's hurting right now and he needs our support. But, you know, no sooner than she says that her phone rings. So she walks off and all you hear is they're like talking to Amber going, no, I wouldn't even sit on the toilet here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ross leaves to go play with Mr. Floppy so, uh, a little bit longer, leaving Jack and Ryan like alone at the time. And Jack asks his son where his mom's hiding the leather jacket because he wants it back while she's out. Ryan doesn't want to tell him. He's like, you know, if I tell you, it's kind of like I'm choosing sides between the two. And this is when Jack's like, okay, Mr. Switzerland, Mr. Neutral, Mr. Sure, Mr. (laughs) Nazi, we'll protect your money. Fine, you go put holes in your cheese while the world burns, you sissy, you fruitcake, you Haiti boy. And I'm like, what? He calls him a (laughs) sissy fruitcake Nazi. I was fucking blown away by that. I was like, yeah, again, guys, 90s, like, (laughs) we didn't write the show. We're just reporting the news here, everybody. But I was like, holy shit, like that rant. So because of that, uh, Ryan caves and he tells him, like, all right, this is where the jacket is. We cut to like later on now, and it's it must have been like the later that night or something after the kids all went home, and you see Jack walking around in this leather jacket, which doesn't even like remotely fit him. You know, it's like basically like up to his like midsection. I get this so much. This is me putting on my like studded vest from high school. We're just like I can still wear it. It's like up to my nipples because yeah. adulthood has just poured belly out of me. <laughs> and so he's this, uh, whole, this whole scene, by the way. Is edited really weird, and when there's we a couple talk- weird cuts uh, earlier in the episode that I noticed too, just like bad editing. But I figured I'd I'd let them slide. But yeah, it's notable a few times because he has the jacket on, and then he just doesn't. <laughs> just his very next second, goes away. Yeah, it's completely just gone when he's talking to Mister Floppy, and it's there's no transition. Like time, there's nothing to show that time passed or anything. So it's either a continuity error or they did a bad job in going to the next scene. Yeah. because But when he does have the jacket on, he's like, and look, it still fits. Because like I said, it clearly does not fit. So Mr. Floppy's like, wow, you're like a delusional schizophrenic. So they are acknowledging it right there. And that's when um, Mr. Floppy's like, run, change your name, sell sheep, have a daughter and marry her, but just run. I'm like, what is all this? But weird have a daughter then marry her but okay (laughs) like that must have been like they let him go on like a stream of consciousness thing and they just cut out one line that worked well as like a run but again Mm. it's just weird now like or that was like directly referencing something that was like prevalent at the time that like has kind of been lost in story that we don't know what that's referring to you know like maybe it's just something from like 30 years back that made sense now mr floppy is from his subconscious 
and he already has a daughter. Is that his way of telling himself he wants to marry his daughter, Nikki Cox? I uh, know, because the bunny made it very clear that he's just a talking bunny to not overthink it. <laughs> True. True. I think you're both maybe 50-50 on this one. Yeah. Uh, and, and Jack tells him that he's never run from anything except cops and that girl who he thought was pregnant. And, uh, or, <laughs> and he was like, I wonder what happened to her. And I was like, that's a weird extra line <laughs> to pop in there. First thing I said like, was, that's got to be a callback in like three seasons from now. Like, yeah, like that he has another kid or something like Dad? that. Dad! I was going to say, that line is just kind of stupid and throwaway unless, like, again, season three, episode two, or whatever, it's just like... You're like, oh, fuck, there she is. Like, that, yeah. that's great, right? Like, I love putting the, the seeds in for the long con. Yeah, I mean, if it was if it was something like that, but I, oh, it was just a weird one-off throwaway line. He works, the, it but, out with the, he works it out with the wife. Everything's good for once. And then there's the knock on the door. I'm your son. Yeah. <laughs> the, the wife looks at him mad. Like, oh, you. And, uh, but yeah, Jack says that he's going to stay and take care of his wife and kids. And Mr. Flobby says to him to save the cheap sentiment for full house, which I thought was like another nice, like, they're just taking shots at everybody, right? Like, WB's coming in, like, strong. <laughs> They're just throwing haymakers at everybody. R.I.P. Yeah. Bob Saget. R.I.P. Bob Saget. R.I.P. Dave Coulier. <laughs> I guess maybe down the line. <laughs> Don't cross your fingers that you want that. <laughs> uh, anyways. He's going to be married in, it out. Buried oh, yeah. in wood. Did <laughs> 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 somebody say wood? <laughs> but uh yeah anyways Ward <laughs> stop it why stop are you wishing weird... death upon dave coulier we can't use that he's team alanis I'm team he alanis. gave up his whole life to raise three young ladies <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks berg so that's when jack threatens to put mr floppy in a can down the street that apparently is for toy donations for kids in honduras and Floppy says, do it if you have the guts. And then he growls at him. <laughs> and they're just kind of staring each other down for a minute. And that's when Jenny knocks on the door. And uh, as soon as she enters, she kind of makes fun of the place and says it's uh, like Beirut-like squalor is like her way of um, describing Dissing the decor. Yeah. This also bothered me because they make it act like this is her first time seeing it. But she saw it when she dropped the kids off. Well, yeah, oh, but yeah. she was kind of in and out. She didn't go in. This was like yeah, her, yeah, this was a better look. Yeah, she stayed out in the hallway. But even she then, yeah. Threshold. But uh, he's like, what did you get your period and rush right over? <laughs> and then uh, her response is, she, well, she admits that her period's in two days. And then clearly starts to PMS a little bit as she's going into conversation describing about how she doesn't PMS. He just happens to annoy her right before her period all the time. And. She starts to go on a little bit of a rant there. I mean, we love talking about, like, sitcom jokes and tropes. This is one of those things that's so... The 90s, you're just like, oh, God, like a fucking five-minute PM... I have PMS rant. Yeah. Just, Jesus Christ, this shit's not funny. Like I said, <laughs> still shocked at no point did he call a girl toots. I'm sure at some right. point in the, in the run of the show, he said it at some point. And uh, she says what she really hates about him is that she can't sleep without him. He's like, oh, so you miss me, huh? And she tells him to get real. And then Jenny starts venting about like a date that she just went on. And uh, like little facts about how he wanted money for like the, the McDonald's. I think they went <laughs> to Big eat. Mac value meal, baby. And then um, then he said that he needed a hug because where were they? They were like somewhere that like he used to be beaten by one of his parents or something. Like, I forget how that. 
line was said happens back at his house there's like hugging yeah. and weeping and crying and thigh grabbing yeah and because spanking and yeah well, and hugging well and yeah because he asked for a hug and then after she gave him a hug um he started to cry and then started saying hug me spank me hug me spank me and she's like he was gross so after i spanked him i got the hell out of there <laughs> like what? all right see the grass yeah. is always greener on the other side which he kind of um, alludes to at some point, right? Because he was talking about how, like, oh, well, if that's what uh, that's what the guys are like out there, then I'm going to do pretty good now. If uh, like that's my competition, and uh, she notes that, well, he's a mailman and he has his own car, <laughs> so kind of noting that, well, even with all these weird quirks, he still got a couple one ups on you. And this is when she like takes her jacket off, revealing that she's just wearing like a long shirt to sleep in, <laughs> and like. Uh, she's clearly just come over for bed yeah but even then like it's weird that she like traveled with no pants on like like (laughs) just wear the long jacket with like a button-up shirt like what if she leaves the house and needs to run i thought that was weird too yeah yeah me too like they're just cutting to a tire and she gets stuck under the car she came over to seduce him (laughs) to steal that jacket back and i'm 100 percent sure oh 100 percent. yeah well i mean we'll get to that in a second but i just think it's it's bizarre that I mean, she could have easily like had a skirt that unbuttoned real quick and and had a longer shirt under it, so it like didn't reveal anything. It's just weird that she's just like, I'm taking off my overcoat and here I am in just a long button up shirt. It's like wearing a hospital gown or something. Yeah, and she gets into uh like bed, quote unquote, with him, which is just his pullout couch. That's where he sleeps. That's a bummer. Yeah, because it does not it, it didn't look comfortable in coach form, let alone in um bed form. There's also two where he says the word tushy. Which made me laugh too, because I'm like, they ripped on Full House, but then they used the word tushy, which I'm like, if I had, so he said, put a gun to my head and said, think of a reference to the word tush. Well, yeah, because she was asking. I can only think of Full House. Well, yeah, because it, what happened was, as they're in bed, she's kind of reflecting for a second, and she's like, what happened was? And he basically says, well, we went on that vacation to Hawaii without the kids, and we got to talking. And once I actually had some time to sit and talk to you, I realized that everything you do say and think makes me absolutely sick. That's <laughs> like, whoa. That's like, forget where they are in the divorce, but they've had like this like playful meanness to each other the whole time. And I was like, that line there was just cruel. Like that was just a little too far. She's like, did you ever like anything about me? And he's like, your legs. And she's like, is that it? Well, you know, maybe you're tushy. And Joey, she said, like. The fact that he said tushy, I was like, who who uses that? Right. It seems like the writing is like all over the place at that point where like they're being they use the word retard, but also the word tushy. Where you're like, okay, you gotta yeah. pick a lane. <laughs> yeah. Nineties. <laughs> the nineties. I just wanna add that um going back with the whole weird editing, the fucking couch is closed. Too when he's got the coat on and then it's magically open. Oh, I didn't notice again. There's no, there's no like transition or anything like that. So they do a really bad job with like timing. Maybe it was, maybe it was just cut for uh, commercial purposes or something like that. Yeah, there like there might have been like notes from the there might have been like notes from the network after, and they had to like remove scenes. Like maybe there were things that were even worse. They had to cut and they had to like fix it up a little bit. Bobcat went on a racial tirade. <laughs> yeah, but after um, <laughs> after the whole like tushy part, uh, she says, you know, you're a pig, but every now and again you need a pig, and that's when they kind of start making out or whatever. And Mister Floppy's looking at them. He's like, "Don't do it." And Jack said to him, "Do you want me to make you suffer?" 
and uh, Jenny, who can't hear the bunny, only hears Jack saying that. So she's replying to that line going, oh, daddy, make me cry. <laughs> and I'm, again, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, they I are they're dancing this, on though. some lines like never before. Like, you know, they're comparing themselves to trying to be a version of married with children, but they are pushing well beyond things married with children would say or do. I mean, I guess yeah. they have the advantage of being what eight years later, where they're like, "Look, if you like this show, the same people made it. We're gonna be way darker, though. We're gonna be way, you know, yeah." More blue That's another big crass. difference with him and Al too. Is when she said, "Is there anything you liked about me?" Al would have made the joke about the legs, but then he would have said something nice after that made That's the true, yeah. go, "Ah," and there was no retribution line. It was just, "Wow, he's a dick." Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Al was at least wholesome to a point. Yeah. You know, versus this guy is not from what and then, I can um, understand. Yeah, so we cut to the next morning, and the scene starts with Mr. Floppy's, like, choking, because apparently when Jenny left, she pinned a note to his chest, so he, like, can't breathe. I love that he <laughs> this was the whole night yeah. like this, and how yeah. fucking angry he is. What a great <laughs> fucking thing to think of. And he tells him to get a bulletin board, for God's sake, and he's like, and an air wick. And a picture on the wall, maybe something tropical. He's like, great, now I'm going to be bunny whipped, too. I do like that he told them not to do it when they were doing it, though, because it shows, like... If it is his subconscious, like, yeah, yeah, like, it, it airs to that, too, yeah. And, uh, I think that when we watched the show, his show kids, is so I deep. never thought of it as his subconscious. And now rewatching as an adult, I'm like, oh, this is a little deeper than I remember it being. Or it might, yeah, it, the, of it. I think there is, there's some shades to that. And uh, when he goes to read the note that was pinned to him, you hear Jenny's voice reading the note. And essentially, she said that it got cold. So on the way out, she took his jacket and some money for gas. And then it was like, yeah, so was this whole thing, like Ferg said, was this all? Did she sleep with him just to get the leather jacket back? They're constantly one-upping each other. And I think that's really yeah. why she did it. It's like a weird play. But even if that's yeah. the case, like, I, I mean, if you want that jacket back so bad, just and it's only just so he can't have it. But. Yeah, she's not going to wear it. I mean, it doesn't. I don't think it would fit her either, right? Because it's obviously so small on him that it's not going to fit. It's like a kid's jacket at that point. Yeah, so it's not like, going to fit around like her bust or whatever at that I'm point. Get over them titties, right? Yeah, I try to say it like an adult, but yeah, whichever way you want to say it too, <laughs> I guess it's fine. Listen, I'm just in that '90s state of mind, yeah. right? And, Did uh, you ever leave it? No, no, <laughs> he didn't. No. <laughs> It's like every time Fur goes to McDonald's and after the, they give him his order, he just goes, suck it! And then he runs out. Every <laughs> <laughs> order is an arch deluxe. They're like, dude, yeah. they haven't made those in 30 years. He walks up to the counter, waza! Do <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have those Batman Forever glasses with the meals right now? Uh, I do awesome. have those glasses. Yeah, I still, I have, still have them. them. Yeah, there's still a couple of my mom. I have They're the phenomenal. Flintstone ones, yeah. too. Where's my damn Hercules plates? I also have those. <laughs> Hercules. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so, uh, again, Mr. Floppy tells him that he's a loser. <laughs> he's like, you got no house, car, money, like, your manhood. like." And he's going, why are you smiling? He's like, because she got the kids. And then they just both start laughing at each other. But then, the like, as he's great in the fact that they both start laughing. Especially yeah. now with the mental, like, the knowledge of knowing that it's his subconscious, I think, is the fucking perfect way to end the episode. So but I, it, you know what? I, we keep comparing it to Married with Children. I thought that was a very Roseanne joke. Like I could that see that is very Roseanne. Yeah, 
I like, like that they did a nice little callback like there like, too. Wow, wow, wow! <laughs> right after, you'd be like, oh, as, as they're laughing together, he almost goes to give him like a little pat, like they're being buddies now. And he again with the like "don't touch me" thing. <laughs> I like that they called back to all that stuff. But this is again. So that's the end of the regular episode, and this is where we get to this little post-credit scene. Well, during the credit scene, and it's Mister Floppy like in a director's chair, like as if he was play just i'm the actor that plays mr floppy on the show you know but it's still the bunny and <laughs> the credits are rolling and he's reading a note that's from like a fan right es- essentially uh accusing the show of being a ripoff of taming the shrew which is a shakespearean play he's like first of all the show is in english and we don't use cod pieces and then he says to send your retarded letter to pbs you fool and i was like <laughs> Oh my oh. god. You know what's crazy if this too? It does end up somewhere that part won't be on syndication. Right, but in Correct. the grand scheme of things what is wild is the word retarded disappeared not very long ago. Yeah, correct. Right. Like, like it is just now becoming, and, yeah. you know. It's now a slur. But yeah, right. it, and like honestly, as I watched the episode, there's a ton of offensive and derogatory things that like are said early in the episode. That's the one that as I watched it went, what? <laughs> like, that one like yeah. shocked me the most when he's like, you know, sit. I just couldn't, I didn't expect it. Like, and even it to read did, it back, I'm like, can I read that shock back? Me in context of a show. We're from Boston and we grew up in the nineties. The word retired was thrown around all the time. But hearing it on a TV show now is just so strange. And usually I, I'm like above that. Yeah. I'm like, huh. And I'm like, my, my jaw dropped. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, it, 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 it like took me a whole like, fuck when I heard it. <laughs> and it's weird because like, that's, that's your last note. Like, that's the last thing you hear. <laughs> so like, Basically, this is, that is, see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. First episode. So it's like, yeah. do you think this is funny? Do you want to see this again? Maybe walk it's walk okay. Walk Maybe it's okay because he represents schizophrenia, and it's schizophrenia talking to another mental disorder. Yeah, I guess I don't think that's the way we should. <laughs> but be I, it, yeah, it's just it's I, one of those. Yeah, it's one of those things that when we, it's tough because we're watching the show now, right? We're analyzing and watching with fresh eyes because we don't remember the show that well, anyways. And you're going by the context of how we're perceiving that in 2022. And we realize that the times are different and it's the 90s and things are different and what was said and done. But it's really tough to, I don't know. I know things were a lot looser then, but at what like line of edginess was this seen as in 1995? Because I'm sure it was still- Definitely edgy. Yeah, like it, like, was, it was edgy, but was it really that much of a thing? Like no one would have yes. even- I don't think it was crazy edgy. It I wasn't. Think it was like, like I said, we used to say that stuff. Like all the time in the nineties. Yeah. And well, it, yeah. And I mean, not to say that it makes it right, but I, I feel like as wild as that is for us to the point where it's like jaw dropping to hear him say it, in nineteen ninety five when this episode aired, were was anyone at home like shocked to hear it? Or were they just like, Huh? I prob- doubt it. I doubt probably it. Probably yeah. not. But I will say this. To our defense, we were children when we when we heard these terms when maybe we threw these terms around um the same thing with other home more homophobic stuff which was big in the 90s um but a lot of people now don't get i mean this episode the gym teacher thing is yeah like, i like crazy right. homophobic that thing. was 
what was the culture back in that that time i mean so looking at it now i'm glad it's changed but it's it's yeah things were a lot I different it doesn't justify still, it but there's, there's an air of ignorance i still think it's edgy you, you i still all, think it's edgy for you that all know time. me very well if something made me uncomfortable yeah <laughs> it was bad like <laughs> it's one of those things that like and to go back to what gordo said a little bit um it's we were raised in different times. It doesn't justify anything, right? Because correct things were probably still very hurtful to people, but they weren't. They didn't feel as uh you know able to vocalize that hurt at times, and we weren't as aware of it. But we would grow up in a time where a lot of terms like that seemed second nature. You didn't think about it as hurtful or offensive to anybody. It was just what people said, so you didn't think twice about it. It just there wasn't any weight behind it in our eyes. So like it, it, yeah, it is weird to go back and hear things like that used in shows, and you know how people feel about when they watch them in retrospective is a much larger debate that's like really not worth getting into on our show. I'm mm. not of the nature of like, you know, this and that were said in specific episodes. Let's cut these whole episodes now. I think there has to be a little bit of an acknowledgement of the times and that things change, and acknowledging the change moving forward. Uh, I don't. I don't think we need to delete the past on everything necessarily, but those are much larger, more complicated debates that we don't really need to get into here. But again, it was because it was the last thing said, obviously it's going to leave a taste in your mouth when that's like the last thing that you hear before you close out. It's but, a weird way to end, yeah. I mean, like, again, though, it's it's the hindsight. It's the, it probably wasn't that jarring then. <laughs> Someone's going, Bobcat! Yeah, <laughs> like, but, but it is weird as a analytical point of view to watch it for sure right and um yeah i mean that was that was it and um that was the end of the episode and like we said i think we've covered yeah we've covered you said steve harvey was wb so it's not the first wb show we've done it is a little interesting to go through this one because you can see that there was a deliberate idea behind a show like this forget the weird bunny thing but they definitely wanted that more edgy something different married with children vibe for the show so they, they kind of took a different approach yeah, there's nowhere else to really go from there other than uh, the green ladder cancel, right? So I think so. Yeah. Let me just go in on uh, the order I'm seeing you guys. Uh, Gordo, I'll start with you. Um. Well, first, I I kind of wanted to say is is South Park out at this time? Ninety five. I don't yet. think yet. Uh, very close, but not yet. Maybe like a year or two. Okay. All right. Because I was going to say maybe they're competing with South Park, who was like really on the edge of that edginess. I want to say that's like two years later or so. Seven. Yep. Okay. Nailed it. Okay. All right, so regardless of that, uh, I'm kind of indifferent on this show. Uh, I would see another, I'll, I'll green light it for another episode, um, but I would be very critical of the second episode. This left me enough that I want to see kind of where it goes. Does it continue to be as edgy, or was that just a one-off, this is the pilot, we're shocking you, and then it kind of tempers down from there. So I'm going to give it a, a green light, but I'm going to be more uh, scrutinizing the, the next episodes. Ferg. So I'll be honest with you, I came fully into this planning to cancel the show. Um, and such notes as it's a uh, Third rate, married with children, stuff like that. Unhappily, after watching, you know, shit like that. But, um, <laughs> he had his uh, breaking, he had his reviews ready for IMDb. Breaking it down and trying to 
put myself in that 90s state of mind watching i like i enjoyed the show more talking about it with you guys and it's the first time i've ever changed my mind during an episode but i'm actually going to give it the green light too i like the cast for the most part and it kind of helps that i know the show does get better in quality at least um not sure because like a lot of it's really fuzzy up there but um I'm going to give it another, another shot. But, you know, you're on the line. <laughs> Remember that. Joe. Sorry, I feel like it's a, a weird thing. I feel both very much like Berg and Gordo on this one. Like, I don't know. I didn't want to. Or, like, maybe nostalgia was... I don't want to like a show just because of nostalgia, right? Because it doesn't change anything in whether or not it should be greenlit or not. But I like Berg saying, like, us talking about it, I'm like, oh, there maybe there's more to this. And after watching one... I think what Ferguson was a really good point, right? Because I watched half of this and was like, oh, jeez, this is a weird rewatch. And then when Kelsey came down and started watching it with me, we're having fun talking about it, right? And now we're had, we just had a really good time for two hours talking about it, too. So I feel like I'm going to give it a green light, but on the contingency that I only watch it with somebody else. Because I feel like this show is really enjoyable when you can, like, bounce it off of people and be like, what the fuck just happened right there, right? alone i wouldn't watch this in bed trying to go to sleep by myself you know what i mean but with somebody you couldn't I think if you wanted really to fun. it's not on anything <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah true I, on youtube that's i mean it's not on youtube that's not where i saw it um but and also i just love bobcat goldthwait so much so uh i'll say green light on that nick yeah so the first five minutes of the show i was really bummed out i was like this sucks like i didn't like the look and feel of the characters the environment um and as the show went on it it kind of made up for it a little bit i really liked uh jeff oh shit what's the main character's name jeff what his real name no joe's muted he just told me but um joe's still muted he's still (laughs) jeff pearson yeah um i really like him uh i thought he did a really good job um, the kids do okay. The wife is pretty good. Uh, it was, it turned out to be more entertaining than I thought it did. And I don't, I don't think it had much to do with the rabbit. Um, I think it just, the story was worth watching and I ended up coming out the other side of this episode with a green light when I went into it with a hard cancel. Um, so I would give this show another shot, uh, surprisingly. And uh, I would keep, uh, I'm going to keep watching it, I think, if I can find where to. So, yeah. So, um, with me, it's, it's also a green light. So, I was very torn. And I'll say, even when we went into this segment, I didn't know which way I was going. I, I've been very back and forth. Because there's a lot of things I don't like about the show. Like I said, the whole beginning of it felt like a play, not a TV show. The way that the lines were delivered. Uh, I hated that, like, mother-in-law character. I just thought there wasn't. Forget the fact that there's a talking bunny. If we look past that, that's supposed to be the one weird part. When humans are interacting, I'm, I need to feel like that's real. Like those characters are authentic. I didn't really get that when she was on board and the certain lines that were said here and there. So that stuff kind of like took me out of it at times. Once we did introduce ourselves to the Mr. Floppy character, I really did like it. Um, I think that obviously there are things about uh, some of the dialogue that's a little like lost in the times now it doesn't work today and things that could have been adjusted along the way 
but ultimately something about that dynamic. And I think also the, the idea of like the broken home being kind of presented, I know it's supposed to be like a dark edgy look towards it, but I think that's just more realistic. I th- I just think that's a more real view of how that stuff goes. Not so much the handsome lawyer sneaking out, but even the her showing up at his house and like spending the night. I just think that's like a more untalked about way that families like that can be sometimes. So even if it's used in a comedic way, I think it was just kind of nice to see something a little off the off the path that's more genuine than people realize. So um yeah, so I give it a green light as well, which is crazy because somehow Unhappily Ever After got a five for five from us on I did not see that. And we were I all kind of alone. Yeah, and yep. we were all on the edge. Like all five of us are kind of like it could have easily been five no's. And I it's just, just like it, just enough. It didn't deserve a cancel. You know, I mean, when you look back at the shows we've canceled outright, like it's just not on that level. Like it's better than that. So I I couldn't lump it in with those. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I, I'm going to be scrutinizing the second episode and the third episode, but there's enough here just in the pilot that I don't know any of it. Um, like we all said, we're all fuzzy about what happens in the show. Yeah, it wasn't. It's not in syndication. It's not fresh in our mind. So, kind of what we're supposed to do with this show. Yeah, I mean, I ultimately, see a second episode. When we look at it, and we've said this before. At the end of the day, regardless of everything, whether it be the script or the acting or whatever, what it comes down to is when the episode ends. Do you want to watch the next episode? And in this case, mm. I do. You know, so they got me. They hooked me with that. So, I mean, it's a five for five. So, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. Congratulations to Unhappily Ever After. You live on to see episode two. And now. Yeah, for now on a tight rope. But, guys, uh, be sure to go to S1E1Pod.com. Again, that's where you can go to find all the links to our social media, where to listen to us. But S1E1Pod.com. Please like subscribe do all that stuff follow us on instagram and twitter at s1e1pod it means a lot interact with us hit us up let us know what you want tell us shows that you want us to cover things you like about us what you don't you know we listen to all that stuff and we take it to heart but that's it that's all the time we have thank you goodbye i'm vegetarian